The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. We're going to continue to be people that are wise. Amen. Let's open my Bibles this morning, getting into the word of the Lord. And let's go to the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. I want to talk to you again today about the kingdom of God. And every time I stand before you, I ought to be talking about the kingdom of God. Because that's the only thing Jesus talked about, was the kingdom of God. And today, I want to preach something that's not going to be very popular, uh, but it's necessary and it's real uh, so that we don't have our heads in the sky and be walking through this life with primrose glasses on. We need to know the truth, and we need to be willing to embrace that truth and know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Can you say amen? amen? In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 14, if you look at verse 19, then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. And I want to use for a subject this morning, how much does it cost? How much does it cost? But I want you to notice in our foundation text here that Jews from Antioch and Iconium, they came to Lystra, where Paul was. These Jews were the same group of people that wanted to stone Paul when he was in their city, Antioch in Lyconium. Can you imagine someone hating you so bad? They're going to follow you to the next city. So they came to Lystra, and they persuaded the multitude. Now, this same multitude that they persuaded just a few days earlier, they wanted to make Paul and Barnabas gods because of the miracle that God wrought when Paul healed the, the impotent man. And when they saw the power of God, they wanted to make Paul and Silas gods. But a few days later, they're going to join the multitude to stone him. I need you to understand this. Never get too taken up with yourself when people have high praises for you. 
You see, people may sing your praises today, but next week they'll be calling for your crucifixion. Huh? See, a lot of people want to pat you on the back and tell you, oh, you're such a blessing. You, you're so good. You did this, did that. I don't, you know what? Just tell them, give the God the glory. Because that same person, just a few days later, sometimes don't take that long, and they're ready to crucify you. Well, this is what happened to Paul. Those Jews that came from Antioch and Iconium, they persuaded the multitudes there in Lystra to stone Paul, and they did. They stoned Paul, and they dragged him out of the city. In other words, they dragged him out by his feet, left him outside the city for the dogs and the wild beasts to devour Paul was dead. And when the disciples gathered around him, and that troubled this verse, I wrestled with this verse all week, it was so troubling. How's it that Paul gets stoned, and then the disciples gather around him? And so I'm asking myself, are they gathered around him in faith, or are they gathering around him to mourn his fate? It didn't say they prayed for him. It didn't say that at all. They gathered around him, but he rose up. He rose up. Paul was resurrected. Oh, glory to God. I need you to get this. And he went into the city, the same city he had been stoned in. He went into the city the next day. Now, Paul is in a lot of pain. He had been stoned. Some of his bones had obviously been crushed. But the next day, he and Barnabas, Barnabas, they departed to Derby. Why? Because there were some believers there that they had to encourage and strengthen. King James Version of the Bible may say confirming the souls, but they didn't go there to confirm them as you understand confirm, confirm, confirmation in the traditional church. Whereas a new believer, you have to be confirmed before you're entitled to all the rights and privileges as a new Christian like communion and baptism, etc. No, that's not what they're dealing with here. He just wanted to encourage them. He wanted to strengthen them because he knew the word would get to them how he got stoned. So he departed. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, many disciples... They returned to Lystra and Lyconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls. Every believer needs to be encouraged. Every believer needs to be strengthened from time to time. So Paul knew this, notwithstanding all his pain he was in. He went there to strengthen the souls of the disciples, and he wanted to exhort them. No matter what happens in your life, you keep on keeping on. No matter who comes against you, continue in the faith. And he said through many tribulations, through much tribulation, we enter the kingdom of God. And so that begs the question, how much does it cost? How much does it cost? When it comes to buying something or joining something, one of the first questions we ask, 
How much does it cost? Huh? How many can identify with that? How much does it cost? You know, back in February, Joyce and I wanted to replace some of the flooring at our house. And so we reached out to Larry Murphy, who's in that business. And the first question we had was, how much does it cost? Hello, somebody. Oh, by the way, anybody that needs flooring, check with Larry Murphy. Carpeting, you know, wood floors, you want to check with Larry. Amen. So we asked the question, how much does it cost? When it comes to entering the kingdom of God, we must also ask the question, how much does it cost? Amen? And I'm here to tell you there's no price too high. Hmm? There is no price too high. We must always hold on to our faith in God no matter what. I think about Job. Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2. God gave Satan permission to attack Job. And Satan did just that. Satan came against Job. Job lost his children. Job lost his wealth. Job lost his health. Job fell down so low in his life. His wife asked him the question, do you still hold to your integrity in God? Do you still hold to your faith in God, Job? Why don't you curse God and die? That's how sorry his situation was. His wife said, why don't you curse God and die? Job replied to her, woman, you talk as one of the foolish women's talk. How's it that we can accept good from God and even give him glory for that good? But how's it not that when bad comes, we forget about God? God is the one who allowed the good to come. That same God is the one who allowed the bad to come. The Bible says in all those words, Job did not sin with his lips. I am telling you, we need to learn that God is a good God on the good days. God is a good God on the bad days. God is a good God. He's a good God all by himself. Every day, he's a good God. This is the lesson Job learned. You can take my health. You can take my money. You can even... Take some of my family. Now you wonder why he left his wife, why Satan left his wife. His wife was with Satan all along. Can you imagine your, your wife says to you, brother, you're going through something. Why don't you just curse God and die? You about one sorry <laughs> version of a man. So-called man. Why don't you just curse God and die? Job said, you talk like a foolish woman. You're a fool. You're speaking like a foolish woman would speak. How's it that? We can accept good from God and shall not accept adversity. We have to understand nothing happens unless God allows it. Did you know that? Did you know that? Nothing happens unless God allows it. And so what's important about Paul telling these new disciples that with much tribulation, 
we enter into the kingdom of God is that because in Paul's day, Jewish believers who were suffering from persecution, they couldn't understand it. They couldn't understand why we're suffering. They thought that if we obeyed God and kept all the laws of Moses, then we would be rewarded with blessing and prosperity, not suffering. Some of you probably have thought the same thing. I'm trying to live right. I go to church. I read my Bible. I pray. I even tithe sometimes. And I just don't understand what's going on in my life. Huh? Paul was teaching them here the same thing I want to teach you this morning. And here's the lesson. Your belief in Jesus Christ is going to cost you something. Let me say it again. Your belief in Jesus Christ will cost you something, but the question is, how much does it cost? Well, let's look, look to the Lord himself. The Lord himself, he suffered. But he also told his disciples they would suffer too. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, Jesus said to his disciples, if your master, he says, the servant is not greater than the Lord. And if your Lord, they've been, they persecute your Lord, they will persecute you too. If they persecute me, Jesus is saying, they're going to persecute you. And by extension, we can also see the same principle. If Jesus suffered, and he did, how much more are those who follow him are going to suffer too? But that's what it costs to enter the kingdom of God. Paul told Timothy, and I believe Second uh, Timothy, second chapter, he says, if we suffer, if we suffer, we will reign with him. The principle is if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. But if you deny him when things get hard, come on, when you fall on hard places, you find yourself in a tough spot. If you deny him, Paul says he will deny you too. This is how much it costs to enter the kingdom of God. Now, it is through much tribulation, Paul taught, that we enter the kingdom of God. Not tribulation, but much tribulation. We enter the kingdom of God. But Jesus taught us this about the kingdom. We enter the kingdom by birth. I need you to get this. You don't enter the kingdom by death. So you don't want to be thinking that I, I, when I die, I'm going to enter God's kingdom. No, 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 no. You don't enter the kingdom by death. You enter the kingdom by birth. Isn't that what he told Nicodemus? He said to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he shall not enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus said everything about the kingdom, at least entering the kingdom, has to do with birth. But what do you know about birth? These ladies know this firsthand. With birth, there are birth pangs. Did you hear what I said? There are birth pangs. Like the pain of a woman in labor before she delivers her child. 
And some of us don't want to go through any birth pains. And that's what tribulation, that's a birth pain. Some of us, we just want to enter the kingdom, la-di-dee and la-di-da. But if God gave Satan permission to go against Job, he's going to give Satan permission to come against you, to come against me. And Paul wants you to know, don't give up, be encouraged, be strengthened, because it's through much tribulation you enter into the kingdom of God. But birth pains, birth pains is what a woman experiences when she's in labor. A woman experiences pain before she gives birth to her baby. The prophet Isaiah asked this rhetorical question in Isaiah 66. He asked the question, she brought forth before she travailed. She brought forth before her pain came. Isaiah says, who have heard of such a thing? Who have seen such a thing? Was the earth made in one day? Was the earth made in one day? Was an, is a nation born at once? Isaiah said, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. But she didn't bring forth her children until she travailed. All the stuff Israel went through, the Assyrian captivity, the Babylonian captivity, all the stuff they went through, Isaiah said they were, they were birth pains. But they had to go through that stuff for Zion to deliver her children. And I'm telling you, to enter the kingdom of God, all of us is going to have to go through something. You said, I want to have the baby. I'm pregnant by faith. I want to have the baby, but you don't want no birth pains. You don't want to be in labor, in other words. You don't, you don't want to travail. You don't want any pain to come. You just want to give birth to what's in your spirit by faith. And you think that spiritual baby is just going to come on out. No. There's going to be some laboring. There's going to be some travail. There's going to be some standing on the word of God when it seems like you have nothing else to stand on. Jesus said in the sermon on the mount, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed is the poor in spirit. Now, that word blessed means happy. So Jesus wasn't saying be happy when you're in poverty. He wasn't talking about poverty. He wasn't talking about finances. He was talking about an attitude of need, a humble spirit that says, Lord, I need you. I need you every day. I need you every hour. I need you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It takes a certain attitude to be able to be stoned and get back up and continue the fight of faith. Many of us would have quit that day. Many of us would have said, I didn't sign up for this. But there's a blessing when you're poor in spirit. 
When you have the right attitude of need, Lord, I need you. I don't know what tomorrow may bring, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I need you every day and every hour. This is the blessing. So Jesus said, you can actually be happy when you're going through your tribulation or whatever you're dealing with. You say, what what is suffering? All of us have suffered to some extent. It's hard to say you never suffered if you're a black person or a person of color. And you say you never suffered? You're lying. You're deranged. You need a checkup from the neck up. They'll say, I ain't never suffered. Yes, you have. You're suffering right now. You're suffering right now with that attitude. To, to suffer is the experience. It's the experience that undergo pain, damage, injury, hardship. How many have been there? That's to suffer. But there's no blessing in being poor. He is not talking about your lack of finances. He is talking about your attitude that calls you to be more than a conqueror, regardless of the circumstance. Blessed are the poor in spirit and attitude, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In that same sermon in verse 10, he talked about another kind of person who was promised the kingdom of heaven. In verse 10 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness sake. For righteousness sake. Not, not because you did something wrong. And you know you were wrong. And you got persecuted for it. See, ain't, ain't no blessing in that. He says, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is he talking about? He's talking about being persecuted for being a Christ follower. Being persecuted for being a believer. Being persecuted for being a Christian. You haven't been persecuted? Misunderstood? You haven't been targeted in some kind of way? But Jesus says there's a blessing when you undergo persecution if it's for righteousness sake. In other words, you got persecuted because you're trying to live right. Huh? Now, Peter understood this in Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Peter says, let none of us, or he said none of you rather. He says, let none of you suffer. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's matters. In other words, get your nose out of other folks' business. But if a man suffer yet, if a man suffer because he's a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this behalf. What behalf? I'm suffering for righteousness' sake. 
You don't want to suffer as a murderer, as a lawbreaker, a thief, some kind of evildoer. Then Peter said there's something to suffer because they're always sticking their nose in the wrong place. Your busy body and other man's matters. Get your nose out of your neighbor's business. Hmm? Yet if a man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But rather glorify God in this behalf. That for God I live, for God I die. And if I suffer with him, I'm going to reign with him. Hello, somebody. I'm going to reign with him. This is how much it costs to enter the kingdom. So there, there's all kind of ways we can be persecuted, not just for religion itself or your faith in Christ, but you can be persecuted just by misunderstanding. And some of you have gone through that. People misunderstand you, and you don't understand why they can't get the right understanding about you. They, just, they misunderstand you. Then they outright, they reject you. Is that right? And you can also be persecuted by humiliation. How many ever in this place been embarrassed publicly? You've been embarrassed publicly. I'm not talking about something you brought on yourself. You should have been embarrassed. I'm talking about you were embarrassed publicly, humiliated. Well, Peter and John and some of the apostles in Acts chapter 5, Peter and John was arrested with some of the other apostles, and they were drugged before the Sanhedrin council. And they beat them publicly. And based on the law of Moses, they got at least 39 stripes. It was unlawful to give them 40. So you know they were counting. Huh? They were beaten publicly for preaching the gospel. So the Sanhedrin beat them publicly, humiliated them, and then told them, do not preach in the name of Jesus again. Then they let them go. But the Bible says in verse 41, as they left the presence of the council, they began rejoicing that they were worthy and counted worthy to bear shame for his name. You ought to count it worthy if you find yourself facing some tribulation. You ought to count it worthy that you can suffer shame for his name. That's what happened to the apostles. So the question is, how much does it cost to enter the kingdom of God? How much does it cost? How much does it cost? It may cost you some suffering. And that suffering could be on your job. It could be in your marriage. I'm talking about enter the kingdom and remaining there. How much does it cost? It may cost you some persecution. It may cost you some rejection. It may cause you some humiliation. But let's pray to God it don't cost any of us stoning. That's the price Apostle Paul paid. He was stoned. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship. 
where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.